college football talk like you've never heard before. The pinky finger goes up the nose. From the tailgates. He is a terrible tipper and a terrible human. To the touchdowns. He's going for the corner. He's got it. We have everything covered. Place at the table. Here are your hosts, Patrick Maher and Andy Staples. This squad is in the house. All right, here we go. Week four preview. Looking at the schedule, you're not exactly blown away, but there's a ton to get into, a ton of storylines, conference play underway in college football. My name's Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. Andy Staples, Sports Illustrated, live from Gainesville, down in Florida. And we Live, because when people listen to this, it won't be as we're saying it. We are kind of live, somewhat live. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. Just breaking the fourth wall a little bit before we... Uh... We get into the week of college football. I mean, I guess this is the week that people are up in arms about really not much on the schedule, but that's I, not the case, my friend. I disagree completely, and, and game day going to Times Square, that, that is game day saying we think this slate is trash, but it is not true. It is not trash. It is, there is a lot of sneaky intrigue this week. Yeah, game day getting slices from Sparrow right there, that's like right. 49th and 6th Avenue, the, the, just the, the absolute gutter of downtown I, I hope they're up. In front of Bubba Gump Shrimp Company or Applebee's or the Olive Garden that is always packed every time I walk past it. That's where the, that's exactly where they're going to. There's a huge stage there. They're going to be right there. Now, question for you quickly. Where is Andy Staples going to be this weekend? Uh, I am going to be at Oklahoma Baylor, but mm. not necessarily for the game for something else. Maybe you can have a sleepover with Matt Rule. <laughs> I actually did sleep on the floor of my office on Friday night. Uh, not because I was working too hard, but because I was drunk. Uh, and <laughs> Wifey no, wouldn't let you in bed? No, no, no. Here's what happened. So all the – my wife is one of five kids, and so three of, the, three of them live in town. So all of them and their significant others came over, and we went to the bar at the front of my neighborhood, and we all indulged in a little too much of something called uh, Weyerbacher's Insanity. It's a uh, barley wine aged in bourbon barrels with cinnamon. I'm actually drinking a bottle of it right now. Um, that it's 13% alcohol, and you know, I 13%. I've, yeah, I've had some of it, so I kind of knew, but some of the other folks had not, and so there may have been some puking on the way back, on the walk back. Look at you. And there may there may have been one one in law who passed out in my driveway. Is that puked. like a Gainesville sangria? What is that? Did you make <laughs> that? No, it's an Easton Pennsylvania beer. I, I, so yeah it's so but every you know everybody was over we had all their you know the older kids the the teenage kids were babysitting the younger kids so everybody's in the house and so kids had taken over my bed I had blown up every air mattress we owned and there was no place for me and so (laughs) I went to the floor of my office I have a green screen for when I shoot videos that was my blanket nice yeah. Well, Matt Rule, because we're going to get I into that. I slept like a baby, too. Ma- Matt Rule slept without a green screen blanket and just a pillow. That makes him a man. That makes yeah, him that a makes, tough guy. What, what are the, and on, uh, on Pardon My Take, what do they call him? A football guy? Yeah, he's that a makes, football guy? He's a football guy. And speaking of which, I got something for you. By the way, I, I'm not impressed by sleeping in your office. Well, that's we'll get to that, but hold on. I got something okay. for you. Come after me! I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. Write something about me. He's a man. He's Andy. 
and he covers college football, which puts why, him at, why were the seagulls yelling at Mike Gundy? That's not singles. You just said you have a you have a whole rack of kids. That's SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh yeah, this is true. SquarePants, SpongeBob SquarePants, SpongeBob SquarePants. If you ever go to at Andy underscore Staples, what you're going to find is a dose of food, a dose of sarcasm. And, and children's programming. And children, yeah, and he likes to mix it up a little bit. And I was perusing at Andy underscore Staples today. Oh boy. And I noticed that you got into it with one of your fellow followers. And uh-huh. uh, this is a journalism question. A yeah. big time, and you're a big time journalist. Capital J, baby. And you cover teams. <laughs> you cover teams in college about football, sports, and ribs. It is a very, how would you say, sensitive lot. That being college football fans. Yeah. Somebody was going at you. A lot of snowflakes. I guess it was this like disparity of coverage. It was like, a Utah fan mad that I mad that I had tweeted about Byron Cowart leaving Auburn. Byron okay. Cowart, former number one overall recruit. Left Auburn because he wasn't playing. Okay, so let me ask you this. As just a random fan that enjoys reading about college football, mm-hmm. you write for Sports Illustrated, you host for SiriusXM. Do you have a mandate to legitimately just cover the SEC? No. Do you have a mandate in any way to skew your coverage towards certain teams, coaches, and or conferences? We don't have a written list, but we're not stupid. Yes, there are teams that if that we have a, a – sort of an unwritten list of teams that you can't write enough about because they will always get readers. So that would be Alabama, Notre Dame, USC, Texas, Ohio State, Penn State, uh, Oklahoma, uh, Michigan. Right. Florida State, sort of, Georgia, Auburn. Now there's a lot in the SEC because the SEC fans care more. Okay, than but, most other, other other fan bases. But yes, there are certain fan bases or or there are certain schools that, that because people hate them, like Notre Dame, a lot of people hate read Notre Dame stories. But the bigger question is, Andy, why do you hate every team in college football except Florida? Oh, well, clearly that's because that's where I went to school. He's a man. He's Andy. Well, because no, this is, uh, we, I think behind the scenes, no, the, people the guy to... was The guy was mad at me. He's like, he's like, it puts a school like Utah at a disadvantage in recruiting. I'm like, it's really not my job to help Utah recruit. Yeah, but that's there's a bigger question here, and that is how do you – you must get so much – I mean, I would imagine because we're so passionate about our, our fan base, our schools, you must get an inordinate amount. And I want to know, is there a specific conference or a specific team we may not think of that really goes in on you? Not Can't really be good. Utah. I don't have many that just flat out go in on me because I try to – not troll certain fan bases just like some some guys like to troll fan bases because they know they'll get upset i have i have upset certain fan bases before with stuff i've written like i've made Ole miss fans mad i've made mississippi state fans mad i've made you know usc fans mad or ohio state fans mad with a specific story but i don't go out of my way to make fun of them and, and try to make them well i do talk about every time a virginia football comes up i mentioned chardonnay but that, that's about it um so <laughs> says BYU the dude that just drank some sort of concoction that's mixed with cinnamon sticks barley wine with cinnamon aged bourbon bourbon barrels baby uh you byu fans are very intense very intense like horny you mean look i, I don't know I put mean, the I, pieces I'm not, together i'm not dealing i, I I don't have those rules, so... Pious and horny. That's the group. I'm not worried about it. (laughs) 
Yes, I've seen those statistics <laughs> from, from Dustin's favorite website that say the porn consumption per capita is highest in Utah. I, I've seen that. I thought you were going to be more excited about the remix of I'm a man, I'm Staples with SpongeBob, where you go, where every week I scroll through and find you getting <laughs> triggered and find you getting sensitive from a certain fan base, and oh, yeah. then I have you re- retort and go in on said fan base. So go well, ahead and crush Utah but, right now. No, I love the Utah fans. I just don't love this Utah no, fan. you love Whittingham. Whittingham's awesome. Whittingham will whip your ass. You love two guys, Whittingham and Fedora, and it has mostly to do with their six-packs. I wish I had a six-pack. It's jealousy. That's that's pretty much it. It's you indie. write about pigs and hog. Dude, there's no chance you can have a six-pack. The off-season, the cut-off Actually, season. Patrick, my, my, I, this is what I figured out over the years. So... My my metabolism is actually super high. If I ate like a normal person, I would look like an underwear model. You'd be svelte. Yeah, I'd be looking good, but I can't do it. I just can't. When was there's, the, there's too much good food. When, when was the last time that a specific fan base person and or whatever came at you and it actually got you? It's never gotten me. Bad boy. I like the humble brag bad boyness right there. No, it's never. I mean, I understand why they're mad. When F- they're mad, because I was I was mean to their school. It's not, <laughs> but they're, they're, it's lack of objectivity, right? That's the way. I guess that's right. what makes college well, football. Well, no, great. My, my my favorite my favorite quote unquote compliments are when I write a co- like an opinion column that is clearly opinion that any intelligent person who graduated from middle school can tell is an opinion piece, and they write great story, very objective and fair. I'm like, it wasn't objective. It was totally subjective. You just happened to agree with it. Place at the table. What? All right. So I want to get to, you just mentioned you got hammered on cinnamon sticks and slept on the floor. Matt yeah. Rule, a story comes out. Baylor coach Matt Rule had to sleep on the floor because I guess he just needs to study that much. But this is interesting because there's juxtapose him to Spurrier, who won 10 games at South Carolina regularly and golfed more than he coached or studied. And the idea of, I think it started with Gruden, right? With the grind and I never. Oh, it didn't but, start. No, it's it, that's been it's been around since the 40s and 50s. I mean. There are just guys that think if you put in more hours than everybody else that you are working harder than them. Some people – see, I had, a, I had a coach in high school who used the phrase work smart, not hard, and I always took that to heart. It's emotional intelligence that when I see a Matt Rule story like this, I'm like, work smarter, not harder. Do you lack emotional intelligence? That's not even trying to crush him. I'm sure he's a no, brilliant and, guy. No, and what's funny is Matt is actually one of the more well-adjusted head coaches that you'll meet. That's what you tell me. But why yeah. did he leak the story then? Because he lost a Liberty in UTSA and he has to show that he's preparing hard for Oklahoma. Right. So he's trying to get sympathy. I don't know. I don't think it's sympathy. I think it's, I think it's, Hey, I'm sorry. I lost you these two games. I'm trying my hardest to not embarrass you again. I think that's what that is. But I just, you when, wonder, when you, somebody tells me they slept in their office, I'm not impressed by that. No, that does not, that does not make me think, Oh, that means you're better at your job than somebody else. Right. That means you don't have work-life balance or you don't have priorities, usually. Now, I know Matt Rule, and I know he does have a better work-life balance than a lot of these guys. Right. So th- that's the weirdest thing coming from hearing this coming from him. It's just like, dude, it doesn't matter. You know why Steve Spurrier didn't have to sleep in his office? Because he was smarter than everybody else. Exactly. It, 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 he saw things... He saw things on the field that other people couldn't see. He was a maestro in terms of play calling. Some people do have to grind a little more. 
because some people don't have that natural God-given ability like Steve Spurrier did. But there is a law of diminishing returns. You can only watch third and yes. so many third and sixes. It, I'm a fan base. I'm an AD. I hear that he's sleeping in his office. I think we need an intervention. Yeah, I'm telling him to go home. Get out of here. Sleep in your bed. Kiss your wife. Get you, some buns. You don't need to do that. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not worth it. Who do you think you are, Andy Staples? It's not, it's not going to beat Oklahoma. Sleeping in your office will not beat Oklahoma. Okay. You know what will beat Oklahoma? Better players than Oklahoma. Get recruiting. Now, right. if you're talking to recruits, that's okay. <laughs> well, I don't think he's. I don't think Matt Drool is laying on the ground getting some Z's in his office talking to recruits at three o'clock in the morning. You never know. Some of these kids are up all night. Why did he leave Temple for Baylor? Well, because he turned down Oregon. Why did he turn down Oregon? Was my initial question. So here, here are the here are the things that coaches some will they crave them, but they won't admit it. Security because it's the least secure profession you'll ever deal with. Well, Baylor had to offer security to whoever they hired. They had to offer a boatload of money plus security because you're walking into a dumpster fire. They should have offered up some security to girls on campus. Yes, they should have. Then they wouldn't be in this. And he doesn't really care about security. He didn't even use a blanket sleeping. Just go and just plow through the shtick. Just go maybe, ahead. Maybe he slept. I know. I need to yes and this. Uh, <laughs> maybe he slept under his contract. Fair enough. Which is which is quite weighty. Well, because he came in under just ridiculous circumstances. So you, that that's a built-in few years is what you're saying. Exactly. You're going to get at least two more years than the average coach would get and probably more than that. And I think he should have the belief in himself based on what he's done already that if you got four years really to get it going, you'll get it going in four years. And by the way, Oregon's plenty happy with their hire right now. Yes, they are. That's unbelievable. Now, we'll see how things go because I don't know that Wyoming's as good as we thought they are going to be. Uh, Nebraska might be. <laughs> so let's, let's see how they do in the old Pac-12 schedule. But, yeah, I think, I think Willie Taggart's looking. And, I, you know, when they hired him, and I, I actually suggested when they fired Mark Helfrich, I said, hire Willie Taggart. That was the first thing I said. Right. I like his offense with their personnel. I think his offense might make their personnel even better. I think the Oregon fans were afraid that it wouldn't be what they've seen now for 10 years, but it's very spready. They're, they're complete. Well, they're, they're tempo. You have to remember, so he was a Harbaugh guy right. who ran Harbaugh's offense, and he was about to get fired at USF. And during an open date in 2015, he created a new offense that uses a lot of the same principles as Harbaugh's offense, but spreads out. And lets the quarterback be a good athlete. And guess what? It turns out when you use these these hard nosed, you know, power run type principles and let your athletes be athletes, that works really well. And the the good part about that was he was replacing Mark Helfrich, who replaced Chip Kelly, and they already ran a, a spread out power run offense. So they weren't changing that much. Place at the table. We've got the week four preview coming up. We'll give you a Patrick pick play. I'm gonna. I have a couple for Andy. I need you to help me with and the mailbag. But quickly, we said last week for or for Malzahn um, going to Clemson. That was a huge game for him. And I don't know what's happening. You were replying to the Utah guy because of the Byron Cowart guy. I think in 2015 he was the number one recruit. Yep. He's been granted release and will transfer. The day before we learned that Auburn dismisses his backup Sean White because he got hammered. Yep. And I don't know if this is a Malzahn thing. I don't know if it's an institutional thing, but it doesn't look good for Auburn. It doesn't look good, and, and that hurts their quarterback depth. I mean, if Jared Stidham gets hurt, 
They could find themselves playing a young guy. So it's not ideal. And this is not what Auburn expected this season to be. And right now they've only just lost to Clemson, which they, you know, a reasonable person would have expected them to lose to Clemson. But if they continue playing the way they've been playing, they're not going to win a lot of games. But if you look at their schedule and assume that the offense does get better. Now, the offense was was actually pretty good against Mercer. The receivers had a bad habit against Mercer of dropping the ball after they had already caught it and run a little ways. Yeah, that's bad. Which is, which is actually worse than just dropping it and it being incomplete. Oh, you mean a fumble. fumble. Oh, yeah, they fumbled five times. So that's not ideal. But Auburn will play at Missouri this week. If you've seen Missouri play it all this year, you know that Auburn's going to win the game. Then they get the Mississippi schools. Especially which, at Missouri. Yeah. So and Missouri they, loves to lose at home yeah, this year. Yeah, they get, they get Mississippi State at home. Now, Mississippi State could be real good based on what we saw against LSU, but they will play at Georgia this week, and then they'll be at Auburn the following week. So that's that's a good time to be catching them. And then they get Ole Miss, not, good, not that good. At LSU, looked awful the other night. So maybe they'll be better by then, maybe not. At Arkansas, not very good. At Texas A&M, probably not very good. Georgia, you can lose that game, whatever. Louisiana Monroe, you'll win that game. Alabama, you were already going to lose that game. Eh, What's your three. point? Nine no, and three. It's no, all good. That's not going to get it done. It's all good. It'll keep, it'll keep Gus Malzahn's job. Yeah. Nine and three. Now, if Stidham gets hurt, we can, we can change that a little bit. So the the Cowart transferring, it comes down to he just wasn't getting enough snaps. He wasn't playing. Why? He's not as good as the other defensive linemen. Really? Those scouting systems are pretty dead on generally, especially with the number one guy like Leonard well, Fournette or Jadavian Clowney. There was not. There was some some smoke around him in high school too. Like barbecue? The, not like barbecue. That that maybe he might not be easy to coach. And Malzahn might not be the perfect guy for a dude that's not easy to coach. Well, he's not dealing with Gus Malzahn. He plays defensive tackles. So. I heard you have beef with Malzahn. I have no beef with Malzahn. Don't say that. Come on, be honest on this podcast. No, I What's no going to get us downloads is you like admitting Gus. your beef with these coaches. I have, no, I have no If I had one, I would admit Look, it, but I have no beef with we, Gus. We haven't started off any better than you talking about puking on your office floor. I didn't puke. I, Fair I, enough. I, if I puked, I'd tell you. Hey, I got a journalist question on my on my show tonight on SiriusXM, The Wrap, on Mad Dog Sports Radio. I am going to interview a gentleman named Jeff Brom. Uh-huh. I asked you what I should ask Mike Leach. You nailed it. Uh, I'm not going to ask him about sovereign immunity. What should I ask Jeff Brom? I believe his son has a Twitter account that's pretty hysterical. You know Brian's on his staff. Yeah. You know, his dad was a baller at Louisville. He was Mr. Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And then Brian w- was, was also was a, a baller great quarterback at Louisville. at Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. No. They're, and his they're... sister is like crazy athletic. That's a pretty athletic family. It's a very right athletic family. So you have to ask Jeff Brom about taking one of the nastiest hits anybody's ever taken in an XFL game and I still to... completing the pass for a touchdown. I know, but like, the thing is, he's... look up the clip. It's insane. I've seen it a million, but I feel like he's so tired of talking about the XFL. I feel Here's like that would be though. trite. He's the coach at Purdue. He will be nice about it. Hey, well, no, because that's... he can't afford not to, but he's not going to be there long. He... I don't think so. He, that... he, he had, if you heard Jim Harbaugh's press conference, I know week, he was just absolutely he's tight. <laughs> he, they're tight. He called, he called them the big 10 coach of the year. Yeah. They're tight ahead of Purdue. So, I'm I'm shocked at how different they look, and whew, man, 
that but that's Missouri not overly shocking because Andy, we talked about how we want the forward-thinking, like progressive offensive minds. I and, know, and he is just that. If you were bet, if you're a gambler like me, Western Kentucky plays you bet the over and you win. Yeah, well, and he's his offense is such a mishmash of stuff. Like you can't really categorize it any one way. He's just he just kind of adding on stuff that works as he as he goes and. It's impressive. I want to see it against that Michigan defense this weekend. That's the thing about – that's one of those games on this slate that at the beginning of the season you looked at it and be like, Bleh. Now, I want to see that offense against Michigan's clearly awesome defense. Can it move the ball against Michigan? And you know what's great about Michigan is if you believe Phil Steele, and why wouldn't you, if there really are a combined five starters returning, it's tough to game plan. I mean, at this point you're going to get some tape on them, but I think it's been, it, it's been a little bit of an illusion with the team. Yeah, now the thing about it is, and, and Florida learns learn this the hard way, there's a chance that some of the new starters are better than the guys they're playing. <laughs> yeah, that's, and, and those, that, are, those are hardball recruits, by the way. Yeah, that's especially true on defense. But Devin Bush is awesome. He's Hurst amazing. is great. Rashawn Gary is great. Yeah, they, they, they got it going on defense. Offensively, they are not all that great. That's what I'm intrigued by in this game, because if Purdue can move the ball a little bit, then there is a chance that Purdue can do something. Spate doesn't rhyme with great. Not at the moment, but neither does O'Corn. O'Corn. <laughs> no, uh, last time I checked, it certainly do you, doesn't. Do you know who O'Corn used to date? Um, Carrie Underwood? No. Remember, he played at Houston. He used to date Joel Osteen's daughter. God bless. Can you imagine? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, I, I mean. No, I was just blown if, away by that. If you give Joel some money, he'll talk to that guy for you yeah and but, he also may let you crash at his crib during a hurricane well, if you drop enough in the plate if 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 you get mad enough at him online <laughs> yeah exactly and i by the way i give mad dog chris russo credit he went on like an hour rant about joel olstein when joel olstein was down the hallway at sirius xm wow and he opened up the parishioner is that how you say parish I, i'm not a big church no, no, guy. parishioner is a person yeah um he's, he's yeah you, you know what his church is right uh, it's the summit where the Rockets used to play. Oh, that's it's huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, the guy's balling out. All right. Speaking of balling, I want to do this real quick as we get into it. Let's throw some cash around this week. This is Patrick's Pick Play. Okay. So I bring that in to say this. If I were, I got a couple selections for you. We're going to do this together now because I don't pretend to be a gambling expert. But West Lafayette, I'm catching nine and a half. I'm catching close to ten. Let's just call it 10 because it's juggling in between. Take I'm, Purdue. I'm taking Purdue plus take the points. Take Purdue. Okay, but that's not the only one I have for you. You need those points. But Mississippi Purdue. State, you know who they're playing this week. Georgia. I'm getting six mm, in Athens. I don't, have a, I don't have a good feel for this one. Okay. That means I, don't, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know if what we saw for Mississippi State last week was them being great and better than they'll normally be or LSU being awful or kind of a combination of the two. So I, I just I, I don't know what they are yet. Ogeron could use a Hail Mary from Olstein. Hey, I have another one. TCU catching 11. You know TCU's playing, right? They are at Oklahoma State. Do TCU catching 11. You take, don't ha- Take the man who is 50. I'm 50, goddammit. Uh, take the man. Okay, here's one that I like. LSU Syracuse. Now, hold up. Mm-hmm. I love Dino Barbers. Babers. Whatever. You don't even love him enough to know his name. I do know that he scores points, and I'm going over he 56. Oh, oh, 
Yeah. Yes, go with that because LSU's LSU is going to be pissed. They want to run. They're going to yeah, want to score as well. They're going to score on them. And and yes, that offense is freaky. Now here here is the 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 one issue I have here. The only way to stop that offense, there's only one way, is your corners can cover one on one on the outside. Your four can get past their five. It may be possible that LSU can do that. Now LSU's four did not look very good last week, and two of them are suspended. For the first half, because they did, they committed the stupidest penalties ever committed. The combo of targeting slash roughing the passer, right, to extend Mississippi State drives when the game was still somewhat in reach. Hold up, there's one more. Cal hosting USC. I'm, spread I'm, on the I'm, I'm catching sixteen and a half. Take Cal. Take the Bears. Okay, so here's the question: We got to now whittle it down. Either Cal catching 16 and a half, which you love, which I yes. do as well. Purdue catching 10. Let's throw that one out. I I, I kind of like that one, but the Cal one. I okay, like a but lot no, now here's what it comes down to. Do I take Cal? And I loved it as soon as I heard it. I was shocked that it was 16 and a half. That's, uh, 17 would be better, but we get it. Either take Cal plus 16 and a half for the pick of the week or Syracuse LSU over 56. It's on you. I think Syracuse LSU over 56 is more of a sure thing because I think LSU is going to score a bunch of points too. How about two plays this week on the pick? USC Cal is a road game with a a road game for the for the heavy favorite with a 12:30 local kick. Two three and O teams. 12:30 local. Maybe Texas takes a lot out of USC. That was a big game. Yeah, they got some guys dinged up. Lots of guys play asleep. Oh, by the way, USC's at Washington State next Friday. That's a big game. They're they're going down either this week or next week. They win by two touchdowns. I win my money. I w- know. Wilcox has got some momentum. Take take USC Cal. Take if if we're gonna do we're doing one two bet. we're doing two plays. Write that okay. down, Dustin. Okay. We're gonna go take over fifty six Syracuse LSU, and I'm catching sixteen. And you know, a I half. noticed on the on the Sunday shows we've never actually checked to see if we were right. So Bob, we may have to sh- we, we scratch may have to have the- some accountability here. Hey, I'm two and zero on the year. Remember, Good I took to Georgia, I took Georgia at Notre Dame, and then cool. last week I took Mississippi State at LSU. Get out the way. I said both of those. I was good with both of those. Oh, all of a sudden, he's Stu Finer. He just comes in. He says, "I don't gamble. I don't gamble." Now it's he's record. Co- it's recorded. Now he's peacocking. We have it. No, no, we no. have it on on audio to, on digital audio. To be fair, drunky. <laughs> I said I like these games, and you said, yes, I do, too. I had to pick between 100 games. I brought them to you, and you were like, I feel that. All right. Well, I will do my own homework. I that's, will be, that's what I, I want to do. I will be Captain Locke. Captain Locke of the century of the millennium of the week. No, seriously. Next week, I want, I'm want. i going to bring mine. You bring yours. All we'll right. argue about them, and we'll come up with one apiece. Okay. I like doing a few, and I like getting your opinion. Place at the table. What? <laughs> Let's jump into week four. And again, looking at the schedule, people are overly excited. But I think there is there's if you were to pick one game you had to travel to this weekend, where are you going? So I'll give you some choices if you need them. Well, no, I can give you one just just from a purely repertorial standpoint. If you're looking for the conflict and the potential train wreck scenario, A&M, Arkansas. Really? Because just, there's so many with Bielema. And yeah, there's, there's so just, many ways it can go. 
Yeah, but I don't care. Do you really care about that game? Those two teams, two programs right now that are struggling. No, it'd be Mississippi State Georgia. That that'd be the one I go to. Mississippi Just State for Georgia. Purely football reasons. And yeah. you know what? I you brought up a great point. It's LSU looks so bad, but Mississippi State equally. I mean, looked awesome. That's the point. And Georgia, it's Georgia is getting better on defense, but it's not like it was overwhelming at Notre Dame. Notre Dame beat up on a whatever BC team, so we don't really get a feel for them there. This could be a tight game. This is going to be a really interesting game. And remember, Nick Fitzgerald from Richmond Hill, Georgia, probably wants to show something here. Probably wants to show that he should have been recruited by Georgia as a quarterback. The, the, the new Mac Brown recruited me as a safety is Mark Rick recruited me as a tight end. Okay, but real so. quick, a quick game. Mary, make love to kill. Nick Fitzgerald, Fedora, and Whittingham. Hmm. Mary, Mary, make love to kill. I'm gonna, mar- I'm gonna marry Fitzgerald because I think his earning potential is very high. And I would like to apologize for laughing at my own game. You can laugh at your own jokes. It's okay. That comes down to Fedora and Whittingham. I think you like Whittingham as a coach a little bit better. Uh he's got that Sugar Bowl winning against Alabama, so I have to give him that one. That's what I meant. Okay, so big game for Georgia, though. Yes, huge game for Georgia because you know it, it sort of comes down to to who you draw from the West. Now, Florida gets LSU. We don't know if LSU is any good. Georgia may have the rougher draw in Mississippi State and Auburn. So, I, I, this could be a pretty intriguing. Florida gets A and M and LSU in consecutive weeks, by the way. Right. And Georgia has Mississippi State and Auburn. That seems like a tougher road to me. You discussed Tennessee. Uh, I, I saw you tweeting about it as well. Bob Shoup, the defensive coordinator, he gave a dissertation on that last play of the game, and I was more confused once it was done. It was it was fascinating. Uh, basically, he was saying they did not expect them to throw into the end zone. But Duh. here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Once Felipe Franks gets flushed from the pocket, you realize it is now the last play of the game, and he cannot throw them in the field goal range because there will not be another play. At that point, you must get back and guard the goal line. And their safeties did not get back and guard the goal line. And that's a coaching thing. And Shoot took full blame for it. Okay. But that's that's a coaching thing. You, they, they should, as soon as they see that dude get flushed and it turns into a scramble drill, it's time to stop everything in front of the goal line. By the way, weird, weird time. They get UMass this week, then Georgia, South Carolina, Bama. Good luck. Yeah, well, here's the thing. If they lose to Georgia next week, then either – because I'm – we can safely assume they'll lose to Alabama. So if they lose to Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, that means that either Florida or Georgia would have to finish 4-4 four and four in league play to finish behind Tennessee. There's no way that both Florida and Georgia will finish 4-4 four and four or worse in league play. Not a chance. Get ready, Iowa, because it's going to be shady. Franklin's bringing Penn State to town. Number four Penn State coming to Iowa. I can't stand Frank. I know that's your boy, but whatever. You saw what happened with the uh, calling timeout. He had to get the fourth team defense that off didn't, the field, that's, man. That's, that's what was he said. Nonsensical. No, you don't, you don't call timeout there. Penn State don't. at Iowa. N- any chance of upset alert here? Well, it is Iowa at night. Kinnick Stadium at night is a dangerous place. Just ask Michigan last year. But the... The problem is this may just be a bad matchup for Iowa. I mean, they went to State College last year and got absolutely shredded. I 
sometimes some teams are bad schematic matchups for others. It may be that Penn State's offense is a bad matchup for Iowa's defense. It sounds like you feel as though the Purdue-Michigan game could – does that have a last-year Iowa feel for Michigan? Obviously, it's not as good. It's Brom's first year. Not the same because it's, it's not the same kind of atmosphere in West Lafayette as uh, as you get at Iowa at night. This is West Lafayette at 3 o'clock local time. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, 4 o'clock local time. So, I, yeah, I don't – I don't see that being I, – I think Michigan wins the game. I do. But but judge, just judging by the way Harbaugh is reacting this week, you can tell he's worried about this game, that he respects Purdue. And that says, okay, let's let's watch because if somebody makes some mistakes, there's a couple turnovers, if Wilton Spate throws two pick sixes, which he's done before, all of a sudden – it's a very interesting game. I'd like you to delve a little bit more into TCU at Oklahoma State. Um, Oklahoma State, you know what's interesting is Penn State didn't really do much against that uh, against the pit defense, but Oklahoma State obviously, you know, 500 passing yards in the first half for Mason Rudolph. Is TC this should be a, this should be a scoring a big time scoring affair as well? Uh, Patterson or Gundy, who you got as a coach? Oh, I'm gonna take Gundy with this team. Okay, so you like Oklahoma State big in this game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not sure there's a defense in the Big 12 that can slow them down. I'm not even sure Oklahoma's can slow them down. I mean, wide receivers, running backs, and the Mason Rudolph in his third year, that's ridiculous. Yeah, they, they are they are a scary good offense. It's I don't, I don't know if they'll go undefeated because sometimes offenses like that have a bad game. Like last year, they were really weird against Oklahoma. It was almost like they weren't even the same offense. But... So they they may have a game like that somewhere along the line, but I don't think they're ready to have it yet. Okay, Pac-12. I wanted to ask you about this because last year's surprise team, Colorado, actually they they held that Colorado State offense to nothing and Bobo Mm -hmm. to nothing. Washington at Colorado, tricky spot for Washington? It's the best team Washington will have played so far, but I think Washington's the, the better team. Is Washington a national championship contender? Yes. I think Defin- def- definitively. I think Washington is the best team in the Pac-12. Now, here's here's the problem for the Pac-12. So USC, now I see a lot of people looking at the USC Texas result and taking that to mean that Texas is back. I take it to mean holy crap, how did USC not beat Texas as bad as Maryland did? That says I think it says more about USC than Texas. And so I'm not sure USC is all that great. But USC, again, bad matchups. USC was a horrible matchup for Washington last year. Let's say USC loses two games, still wins the Pac-12 South, and then beats Washington in the Pac-12 title game. You've just eliminated the Pac-12 from the playoff. All right, I don't think we have anything else as far as schedule. Oregon at Arizona State, ASU stinks. Uh, UNLV at Ohio State. Get your JT Barrett's back think pieces ready because oh, that's UNLV. right. <laughs> I mean, come on, Utah at Arizona. No, they've already they've already they've already started writing them after Army. That, that's exactly right. Utah at Arizona. Rich Rod, I, I'm not sure if you're concerned about number 23 Utah there. No, I'm not worried about Utah in that game. Okay, I, I think they'll be all right. All right, when you hear. The drum line. That means we open up the mailbag. Got time for one this week. Your pick. You want it to be a legit question? Let's you go wanted... legit. Okay, I let's had go some legit. Good questions this week. All Andy right. Staples mailbag. You can also email us uh, at no, excuse me, at P A T T podcast on Twitter. But you can hit us up. Place at the table pod at gmail.com.
This is from at ballrob24. My question is to Chip Kelly. Do you have a want to come and dominate the SEC East? We have a need for that kind of coach. Asking for some friends. <laughs> now, I'm not sure I can answer for Mr. Kelly, but I, I'm not sure. And I, I've called some people about this to see just what people who actually know what they're talking about. Name or it didn't happen. Who'd you I call? Can't, I can't do that. Mm. Uh, but just to see, is this the sort of thing he might be interested in? Let's say if Tennessee opened. Just from my dealings with Chip Kelly, it, he doesn't strike me as a guy who would like the environment in Knoxville, where Tennessee football is the biggest thing, 365 days of the year. It is the only thing anybody wants to talk about. It is heavily scrutinized. But I think he'd like the roster there, and I think he'd like the fact that the rest of the SEC East is not that good. So would Chip Kelly be interested if that job opened? Maybe. Maybe. And I was trying to think of, uh, of some other guys who might be interested. What if they threw a ton of money at Dan Mullen? Dan Mullen, who you say is the second, second best, best coach, coach in, the in the SEC. And he wears sweet kicks. He, now he'd have to change. He wouldn't get any boosts anymore. No right. more boosts. He'd have to wear Nike. Is the Mississippi State job a good job? No. It's a terrible job. He's made it a very good He's made it a good team, good program. But that's because of what he did, not because of the job. Okay. Tennessee, big job. It's a big job, but it's a different situation. Uh, they don't get the same kind of players. or Well, they can get really good players. It's not as easy for them as it used to be. Like, for example, you know, back in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, Philip Fulmer can go into South Carolina, grab Albert Hainsworth. Albert Hainsworth is not going to Tennessee right now. He's going to Clemson. So Thanks, Dooley. Yeah, they, they, can't, they can't go to South Carolina, North Carolina, grab the best player anymore. So... They're a little bit more hamstrung. Now, their state does not produce a lot of talent. The best talent-producing city in their state is a six-hour drive away in Memphis. And, oh, by the way, people in Memphis have different allegiances. They're not necessarily Tennessee fans. So they're in a tough spot. Like, they need to be able to pipeline into Atlanta. They need to be able to get people from Charlotte, uh, Tidewater, Virginia. It's a more national recruiting job. Now, if you've got a Chip Kelly there, that's a name that everybody knows. And maybe that works. And by the way, we can do more on the Tennessee job and Chip Kelly coming up on Sunday with that buyout life. Okay, so we'll mm -hmm. continue with the mailbag question. But right now, here's the question as we go. It's not what did we learn this week. It's what does, what does Andy want to learn this week? Conference play, week four. A couple of big games. If you think about it, Georgia and Mississippi State's a really big game. So yeah. is TCU and Oklahoma State. Yeah, there's a little bit of what are you that we're going to find out this week in both those games, those two games specifically. Now, there's some sneaky ones where somebody might upset somebody. I'm waiting. Have we had a, a just, whoa, upset yet? No. We have not. So there's a couple that Purdue, Michigan's won. And I don't know that it's a woe because we've talked about how good we think Purdue is, but it's one of those on paper you're just like, how? How, how does that happen? Cal USC, woe. Right? How about this one? Rutgers, Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, right. No, no, no. No. Rutgers I, was hanging with Washington I, I in week one. I shouldn't laugh because Rutgers didn't look terrible against, in week exactly. one against Washington. Exactly. They are not terrible. No, I'm not saying Nebraska they're good. Nebraska is terrible. You know what? You nailed it. We'll Maybe see. that's not even a woe. Don't waste your money on that one. You still you got that you got the prime pick with Cal USC where he can lose by two touchdowns and you get paid. No, here's a woe. 
Babers in Syracuse at LSU. That's a woe. Yeah, that is a woe. Or the the woeest of them all, but it's not going to happen, would be Baylor that has already lost to to Liberty and UT San Antonio somehow beating Oklahoma. Whoa. That would yeah, that would be a a a pure whoa, Joey Lawrence whoa. But that's not happening. Okay, you can download and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a review. We appreciate it. Stitcher, Google Play, and pattpodcast.com. We are now so we are now also available on the SiriusXM app. Hit us up on Facebook.com, pattpodcast on Twitter at pattpodcast. Sports Illustrated's Andy Staples. You gonna sleep in the office tonight? Hell no. We'll talk to you on Sunday night.